Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, here on Alex Garrett Podcasting, I'm very excited to have my next guest. I actually found his story on LinkedIn where a lot of inspiration is coming from as I don't even know where we're on this pandemic, but people are going through it and making life work through the pandemic and adapting to it and adding some restaurants in the making in the meanwhile. And uh, Chef JJ Johnson is no exception. Chef, first of all, thanks for joining me on Alex Care Podcasting. Well, thanks for having me, Alex. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. Um, you know, trying to keep some hope alive. And and you've done that, and I know you've gotten people to invest. But but first, talk about field trip and where this idea came from, and how you've been able to expand through the other boroughs of New York. Well, you know, um, field trip for me kind of just like started in my brain, uh, traveling the world, uh, eating rice, seeing rice as a center of the table, people getting excited about rice. And wondering like why here in the United States there's no excitement, but in some areas there are excitement, but in, in projected, you know, rice for me was like one of them, as I look at it, like one of the most disrespected ingredients on the food chain. And I and I said to myself, hey, I think a rice shop would be great. Um, let's try to disrupt the market space in Harlem with giving people like good for you food or giving them the option for good for you food. Um, and what ingredient can we do that around rice, but it being freshly milled directly from a farm. Um, and that's how I really kind of got started. Ori- you know, originally, Alex, I wanted it to be a full service restaurant. And then I was like, ah, oh, will people pay $26 for a bowl of rice? Probably not. <laughs> um, so, and then kind of pulled back the layers and just made it where it's like a, it's a rice shop. You order from the counter, you get your food, you sit down. Um, and in the beginning, it was tough, and and then it started to grow, and then the pandemic came. You know, it's always a roller coaster. Well, rice, I, I do love rice. In fact, it's one of my favorite ingredients, to be honest. So um, tell us why you feel it's so disrespected, because I feel like people do love rice. Do they not? I think it's based on a culture, uh, on your culture, if you if you respect rice. But I think the, the real American, uh, the, the, the real rooted American that eats rice is like, uh, you got brown rice, that's that's good rice, right? When it's like, it's so much more than that. Uh, you know, at one point, rice was a cash crop, right? Part of the gold era. People made a lot of money off of it. And that rice that was produced came off of slave trade, right? Carolina gold rice, which was the foundation of America. Um, and then Black people didn't want to farm anymore and the rice industry collapsed. Um And then you got parboiled rice, which started because people had to figure out how to preserve rice. Well, and what, what's then your, the, oh, sorry, I didn't catch the last part. I was say, what's your favorite rice? Like, what's your favorite rice? And then what's your favorite rice to make? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I my, my whole perspective on rice right now is that I love to buy freshly milled rice directly from the farm. If I'm getting it from, if I'm getting it from, uh, the farmer's market and a farmer I didn't know that had freshly milled rice or selling grains, or if I'm purchasing it directly online from Anson Mills or, Har- or, or Harvest Mills or Blue Moon or a rice farmer in upstate New York, that, that's what I love. My, my refrigerator and freezer all, has tons of freshly milled rice. Um, and then from there, I, I love black rice. I love cooking black rice. I love cooking it in orange juice. I think it absorbs the most beautiful flavor. It's nutty. It's good for you. It has tons of vitamins. So I'm a black rice guy. Um, 
but I, you know, I, I, I try to give respect to all, to all rice out there. So, and by the way, yellow rice is my favorite. Just throwing that out there. I love the <laughs> yellow rice and I got to try Chef JJ's yellow rice now. Now, now I've got a challenge ahead of me for 2022. Um, but you know, I don't know if you delve into it with your restaurants or, or when you pitch it, but rice is a very healthy component in the sense of it could bind you if you have stomach issues. I mean, it's a very, for me, that's also why I use it to be honest, but it's, it helps. It is a healthy ingredient, is it not? Oh, right. Rice is super healthy for you. Um, especially at field trip, our rice is freshly milled coming directly from the farm. Uh, there's nothing in pulled back. There's no parboiledness in it. There's, there's nothing that is bleached or enriched. Uh, so at field trip, the rice is super good for you and giving you all the vitamins, vitamins that you need. I don't know. I've been hearing horror stories about farming and how the crops are this, that, and the other. Is that, are you guys experiencing that kind of short of supply chain damage right now? Or what are you guys experiencing? Well, you know, at Filter, we ordered rice directly from the farm. So all of our rice is coming directly in. We, we're developing a grow program as we expand. Um, so we're not, we're not purchasing commodity rice. So right now we're all, we're all good, knock on wood, uh, when it comes to rice. When it comes to other products, we're seeing the market uh, fluctuate a lot, which is becoming really difficult, I think, for all restaurants. Now, I believe I found you because Cranes highlighted you in their, in their magazine uh, about how you've been able to be this entrepreneur that's expanded. So talk about the expansion because, and, and is there an ad adaptation to every borough knowing that every borough has different cultures when it comes to the rice itself? No, yeah, 100%. I mean, I can open a field trip in every borough and change the whole menu that adapts to that borough or place, right? Which can make it really fun. Everybody's just on a field trip everywhere. You got to go to Harlem to get one thing, Rock Center, get something else, you know? Um, but I think the great part about it is we're trying to, the goal for field trip over this expansion, what we mentioned in Crane is empowering communities and neighborhoods uh, that potentially might not get a chance to get food consciously better for them. Um, mm. So that's the focus of the growth of field trip inside of New York and also outside of New York. Where we go outside of New York, we're not, we're not sure yet, but we are looking. Inside of New York, we hope to be at Columbia University next, our fingers crossed, um, uh, and then go from there. And, you know, you, know, you, the, the, you know, the goal is also Uptown, right? As we're looking at the growth, we are looking at Uptown, those markets of Uptown, right? Our friends in, in the world are not Uptown. They are not opening fast casual restaurants Uptown. So we hope to be able to grow through the Uptown market. And also when we go outside of New York, markets that look very similar to Uptown. You know, uh, JJ, you were very thankful in the article to those that invested in this expansion did you ever, did you not see this taking off when you tried to disrupt in Harlem? Was that a surprise, this whole takeoff? Yeah, I think super surprised. I, I take it day by day as, you know, as an owner of a business, as an entrepreneur, things change. You know, a pandemic hit us really hard. Restaurants were closing every mm -hmm. day. Um, and, you know, the first round of funders, friends and family were, were, were our great partners. And the, the new partners that have come in now uh, really, I think, can help accelerate from expertise, from front, from network to accelerate the brand to get to spaces that potentially I can't get to. Um, and the hope is that we constantly will keep expanding over time and sure. do well in this, in this crazy market um, and keep putting out delicious food. And now you said people could sit down so that the vaccine mandates for proof of vaccination has not changed that, right? No, the proof of that, you know, listen, we, we follow the, the rules in whatever market we're in, right? 
the governor right. and the mayor's rules. We've, we've done that from day one. We've never shut down field trip. We've been able to maneuver and, and, and through through the times. And uh, we, we just follow what, what the rules are. We don't create them. I think people, you know, New York is just trying to keep people safe. Well, how can a restaurant owner that's right now very frustrated learn from this uh, restaurant owner from field trip, uh, owner of field trip, JJ Johnson, Chef JJ Johnson, how can they learn from you? Because I feel like restaurateurs can be inspired that you've survived this pandemic while they maybe have been struggling. I think everybody, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to maneuver. I think the best advice I can say to a restaurant owners is just tap into your local community. Like just look at that block radius, that four by four block radius, you know, two blocks to your right, two avenues to your right, two avenues, and then four blocks up, four blocks down. That's your customer. How can you drive in on them and get them to come into your location? That's what we're trying to always do on a daily base. Um, and, and just building trust that you're there for your community. Um, it, it's a hard time. It's a hard time for us all. All right. You mentioned health. And I wondered if you wanted to take this into the schools also. Like, are you looking to partner with education to make sure the kids have a healthier uh, menu as well? Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome if we could partner with schools to, to put field trip menus, on, you know, to have a field trip section in, in, in schools. Um, I think that's something that we'll look to down the road, potentially. I think right now the goal for me is to go into communities that in, in, in cities and in rural America that don't get the option to eat better. I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania. It's McDonald's, Burger King, Pizza, Domino's, right? Taco Bell's. That, that, that were your options as a kid, and me as a kid. Those are the same options that are in Harlem or in the Bronx or in Detroit or in Oakland. I hope Field Trip could come in and, and be able to really um, give people an opportunity to eat better. And if you're able to eat better, then you're able to live a, a little bit longer. Absolutely. Nutrition is, is so important. Um, so you're on the map now and you want to go into communities. Be on the map does that sort of feel role modelish now for you and, and that now you have an even bigger cause to be there for the community? You know, you, you can't, I think if you're a community guy or you're trying to mentor, you, you always have it in your heart. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do, something I grew up with. Listen, my parents ran a nonprofit basketball program uh, my, my whole life. I grew up in it. So uh, being ingrained in communities, I, I, for me, are the key. Uh, I look at myself as a community guy. Uh, and also, you know, hopefully the growth of Field Trip really paves the way for the future that young Black kids can see that they can raise money and open up whatever they envision to open up. So it's clear this is way beyond just a restaurant is, is the vibe I'm getting right now. Yeah, I mean, I believe restaurants are, are, are the, the glue to communities, right? They're the ones that keep communities safe. They're the ones that give you your first job. So I look at it that way as, as it's a community builder because my first job was in a restaurant as a dishwasher. I know a lot of people that aren't in the restaurant industry are. Um, and I think as we look at society now, crime rates going up, restaurants are closed. Restaurants are, are a function of a lot of things that go on in, in everybody's community. Um, and hopefully Field Trip could be that little light that just shines and give people hope in whatever community we go in. I love talking with you, but I got to ask you on, on the day to day, because obviously you're managing all these different entities. Um, how do you keep this level head like you have right now? This interview, how do you keep that when you're dealing with day to days and, and, and keep your employees inspired to keep 
going in, in, in field trips mission? I, you know, right now is I'm hiring infrastructure, right? Marketing, uh, our director of ops, you know, really putting people, really putting people that are smarter around me to try to really build out the brand. Um, and my goal has always been, regardless if you're the porter, the busser, whoever you are, is to try to hire the best mm -hmm. person. Um, but listen, you run a high level company or you try to run a high level company, there's always stress, right? Like, let's not get it get twisted, right? People around you might cause stress to people around you. Uh, there's a, an mm -hmm. intensity level to push the, to keep the train running. Um, so, uh, but I, I believe Field Trip is, a, is an awesome place to work. We treat people really well, especially right now in the industry that people don't want to work in anymore. Um, our retention rate is still pretty good comparison to what the industry standards are. And I think it's just because we care about people. We check in on them. We ask questions. We try to give them a work-life balance. Uh, we're, we're just trying to be what, what we consider the future of food is. Chef JJ Johnson, talk to me for a minute. What, what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Let, let's start there. I think I've always been an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of risk, would you say, to start your business? I mean, that that's a risk right there. So what inspired you to start it and say, let's get this off the ground running? I think when I was cooking at the Cecil, I, I put all my blood and my sweat and tears into an establishment that had nothing that I, I got it collected a check. And I said, well, if I can work this hard for somebody else, could I, mm -hmm. could I work this hard for myself? And I think a lot of people, I try to tell a lot of young kids, you can't just automatically turn on a switch and work for yourself that hard because it's for yourself now. You just have that in you. It doesn't matter if you're working for somebody else or if you are working for yourself. You're working at, you're, you're putting in the same uh, blood, sweat, and mm -hmm. tears uh, if you care. And then you hope the people you hire around you are working at that same pace as well. Um, and I've started, I started companies in college that I failed. Um, I just, I've always just had an entrepreneur spirit. I've always just had the, the, the energy of risk, like big okay. picture risk. And I think you just have to be comfortable with not collecting a check every week. If you're co not comfortable not collecting a check every week, then you can figure it out, um, and, and try to push through. So you were at the Cecil and then you left it and started field trip. Is that how that worked? Or was there a process from leaving your day to day and making field trip happen? Yeah, I left the Cecil, went out on my own, did a couple of pop-ups that were around field trip, did a residency and chef program at Chef's Club, which was a huge hit, raised some cool. money off of, was able to start to raise money off of that. Uh, the landlord of the field, Harlem location field trip, the moment I left the Cecil and it was announced, they called me and said, we want you to put your restaurant here. I, I, at first, I didn't want to do that and then said, why not? So um, having the community of Harlem behind me has always been a, has been a key to success. So um yeah there's always a process or we process or progress right depending on how you look at it sure all right favorite bowl to make because rice i know you like the black rice but but i feel like rice bowls are just they're they're a very popular thing among the millennials nowadays are they not i, I happen to like rice bowls too so tell us where do you get your rice bowls from well, I don't know. If, honestly, I've tried Poke Bowl, a Poke Bowl or something like that, but I'm definitely going to try Field Trip now because you've got in every borough, so I got to check it out now. Now you're putting the pressure on me, so I got to. Yeah, I'm going to put the, I'm going to, I got to, where, where do you live? I got to put the, I got to come up with the, the yellow Spanish rice. You made me think of something. You inspired me that 
maybe I'm missing out on something with the, I got to put some yellow rice on the menu. Oh, and a little seasoning on that. Oh man, that's just, this is, you can't go wrong there. Yeah. I think the greatest thing about field trip is that you're going around the world, right? You're really on a field trip. So you can eat in American South, you can eat in India, you can eat in West Africa, you can eat in Southeast Asia, you know, our variations of the bowl. I would say my two favorite items that are not bowls are the quinoa patties, uh, okay. the veggie bao buns and then the crab pockets are a must uh, if you're just eating by yourself get a five piece if you're eating with somebody else don't get a five piece get a ten piece because you're going to fight over that last piece <laughs> and, um, uh, and and I think and that, and that that's one of the greatest things in Harlem we have rice milk ice cream called rice cream which is only at that location and the flavor changes from time to time we have a new winter flavor coming out really soon so um but today I had the veggie bowl and I added some fried fish on top uh, with the coconut yogurt, which was delicious. <laughs> I was going to say, does the menu change week to week, day to day? What, what's your policy on that as, as the chef? Uh, right now, the menu, the menu, the menu stays the same. Uh, you know, I, I envision the menu to be just like. You know, when you look at McDonald's or Popeyes, mm-hmm. you this thing was built to give you maximum deliciousness. And that's what we do yep. here at Field Trip. We don't let people build your own, but we will be bringing some things soon as in um, potentially adding some things onto your bowl. So I think there's some excitement coming uh, to unlock some new things for the millennials out there that are looking <laughs> to, that are eating at bowl spots. And um and, and then we'll go from there. Well, I got to ask you, because this is sort of a newsy podcast as well. And obviously we've had this devastating fire in the Bronx and oh, yeah. you mentioned Harlem. Are you guys doing anything to do- donate to those that were affected by this fire? Uh, is there anything in place with that? So at the moment, at the moment, we're not doing anything um, in the Bronx. We've been on the phone all day, figuring out who we partner with, what we could do to help. Um, we've talked about doing some coat drives, um, people reach out, we're doing code drives and we're going to donate some food. Um, if we're just going to give families options to come in the field trip here in Harlem to eat. Uh, yeah, we've, we've been, I've been on the phone all day, ghetto gastro and rethink foods and Sobra and a couple other organizations to figure out how we play our part as we look to the Bronx as a, as a neighbor to us and in a community that we support or have been supporting in the heart of the pandemic. So devastating, devastating news. Um, and especially in a really hard time for us all, but we're trying to figure out our part and what to do and do the right thing, not just um, give food when we know there's a lot of other people giving food, but I think we're, we're going to start off with a coat drive and then go from there. See, that's what I love. I love that you're expanding beyond just food because you get it. You get that that's the starting point, but then you can expand on that. Right, correct. So when when... Let's say when people leave your restaurant, you must see them leave with smiles on their faces, right? I mean, I can't imagine that not being the case. So what's that like when you see them so filled up with your rice that you created and and they just had to see at the table? What's that feel for you? Oh, it's the greatest feeling when somebody walks through the door and sits down and uh, eat, eats something that I've created and has a smile on their face. I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's the biggest thing the business that I'm in is like trying to bring somebody from a five to a 10 or a 10 to a 20. And if I can do that with the hot bowl of delicious rice, um, it's a win. It's a win for me. Does it change seasonally? So right now we're in the middle of winter and I feel like rice 
in the winter is a little more popular because it's hot. It's a hot plate. So how do you keep it relevant during the summer when, I mean, yeah, we all love rice, but it, it, it sometimes isn't the, the main dish for, for our summer meal. Well, we, in our, in our, in our rice bowls, we have our wild vegetables and our wild vegetables change seasonally. Um, and our base is always collard greens. So right now it's Brussels sprouts, butternut squash collard greens. I think we're going to go for the winter. We're going to go a little cauliflower, red cabbage, collard greens. So we will change our wild vegetables based off the season um, and, and just what's around. But, you know, we, we are, you know, we, we give a complete meal, very different than other mm. fast casuals out in the market space. Um, so when you're eating with us at lunch or dinner, you're able to get your protein, your starch and your veggie. Um, and I, and I think that's what makes us really key as a, as a seasonal uh, restaurant brand. That's very cool. By the way, I'm just looking up now. You are also a host on BuzzFeed. Uh, you're a chef on BuzzFeed's Tasty Platform, and you're a host on Just Eats with Chef JJ on uh, TV One's new network, Clio TV. Tell us about your television, because obviously you, you love doing Zoom interviews. I can see that. You're, you got that energy for, for television. Talk to me about that. Well, Just Eats season four uh, comes out on a Wednesday this week. So first episode's coming out. It's a it's a it's a cooking show where a guest comes into the kitchen with me. It's kitchen table talk. We talk about everything and anything. We they cook with me. It's super fun. Uh, it's shot right here in Harlem, which is really good and delicious. And I'm thankful to be on TV for for my fourth season. This season will be 20 episodes, so it will be a a, a big season ahead. And uh, not am I being biased now? Alex, but I do think it's some of the best food television uh, across across all of, all of TV. Okay, and I'm not knocking those on those places like Top Chef and and those competition, but you really you you kind of went behind the scenes to build this brand. You you didn't really go on Top Chef. You you went in behind the scenes to do it, and then you went on television. So when you watch them try on TV to to make it. Do you feel for them? Do you are you like, man, you could have done this differently? Like, wh what's your thought? I think everybody has their own path. Um, I've just been very fortunate for the food to take me on my path, um, and that's what it has taken me. A lot of people are in parts of the country that don't have exposure, and television mm -hmm. allows them to be exposed. Top Chef Shop to showcase their restaurant and their talent, uh, which is which is uh, very which is fortunate to them. So. Um, but for myself, I took a very, uh, I think like a very traditional path, similar to like Bobby Flay or Wolfgang Puck, Ermo Lagasse, right? Uh, we're able to cook, cook in a, cook in a restaurant and then, uh, get a place to go on television. So, which is really great. Have you gotten a chance to partner with any of those guys? Like the ones you just mentioned? I've been a guest judge on B Bobby Flay a couple of times. Uh, I ran into Emerald once, which was like a really big deal for me because I love Emerald Lagasse. Sure. Um, when I cooked at the Cecil, um, I uh, Wolfgang Puck came by and ate there, so which was which was spectacular, and go from there. Cool. All right, uh, Bobby Flay, by the way, has a very interesting story. Aside from being a chef, he actually does horse racing and whatnot because he actually won the Belmont Stakes a few years ago. So I remember that. I was in the press room and I'm like, man, this guy is diverse. Then as a chef, do you feel that kind of diversity is needed in your 
in your field, like to be that versatile, to go from one entity being a chef to something else, like another hobby that you, or a different kind of thing that you want to pick up as well. I, I think that that's what's great about, uh, about chefs, right? Chefs are able to do a bunch of different things, play in a bunch of different arenas as they touch so many different people, um, which is really great. So, you know, Bobby always was, you know, was, would go up there. He got into horse racing, uh, some people in the boats. I think, I think that's, that, that's what, that's what makes chefs really great. So, um, you, you really can play in many different arenas, especially in, in today's world. All right. So Cranes is interesting because it's a political paper as well. So being a 40 under 40, which I believe you are, you were featured because you're 37 and you're, you're definitely a 40 under 40. So talk to me about if politics, if there is sort of a mix to, to make sure that, uh, as you say, you're following the rules, but more so do you try and get do you try and get uh not involved politically but sort of as an ally with your local council members or local assemblymen like is there sort of an alliance there yeah everybody on the field trip team is active on community boards uh with city councilmen especially you know in all the communities that we're in um there's no there's no way not to be uh, and okay. and I think that's just the part of it all, right? Like you can't complain about something if you're not active, and we're as active as we can be. Uh, are you on the Harlem BID? Are you part of a business improvement district as well? Because I know the bids play such a big role in in the small business world. I am I am uh, I work on the work with the empowerment team sometimes and things of that okay. nature. I'm not I'm not on it. Uh, I'm not on it like that. Okay, I like to ask my entrepreneur guests, entrepreneurial guests, that I feel Small Business Saturday is like the only shout out society gives to small business. That's kind of changed during the pandemic. But I mean, you guys are more than just Small Business Saturday. So how can people truly get involved to support your uh, journey? I think anybody can get involved to support the journey. I think that's the key is like come through and support more of your own local restaurants today. Um, sure. I think that's what we saw during the pandemic that people weren't supporting their own local restaurant and then they saw them and they saw them leave. They saw them disappear. They saw things not happen. So um, what, you know, and then look back at what happened to that restaurant. So I think that's the that's the ultimate key is like, you know, go out and not just support a person like me, but go and look in your community to local restaurants to really support. All right, JJ, Chef JJ Johnson, you gotta find his website, by the way. You gotta log on to chefjj.co and he's very responsive. I mean, when I email him to get him on my show, he's like, I'll loop the team. And I'm like, I love this guy. He he gets it. He's he he's very responsive. So can people reach out to you personally on that note? Anybody can reach out to me on any social media platform, Chef JJ. Um, you can hit me in my DM and I'll definitely get back to you. You go to my website, chefjj.co. Um, and if you're looking for something in particular, I can send you to the right person on the team to get you the right answers. All right. One last thing to inspire other entrepreneurs to get their life going and light and, and their journeys up and running. I'm sure, sadly, you've been told you know, no, this may not work or no, this may not work. So when someone who wants to start their own business or has this dream, 
uh, gets told certain things, um, how do you say, what's your words on staying resilient in, in following through on those journeys, no matter what's around you? You know, I think when you, when you love something that you do, you, all you can do is really push and you want to stay alive in the things that you love. So uh, that, that's the key to it all. Try to work in something that you love to do. And uh, the resilience is just the fight. Well, I, uh, I feel like you are fighting for Harlem. I feel like you are fighting for communities through field trip. And uh, we're going to take a field trip literally to one of your restaurants and, and try it out and uh, maybe do a podcast from there too. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, that'd be great. Come through, set up. We can definitely do a podcast in any space, any time. You know who to, you know who to talk to on the team um and and they'll they'll work it out chef god bless you and and thanks for and bettering new york city that's the main thing you're doing right now so thank you for that too perfect any anytime i'm here thanks alex for having me uh and i hope new york comes back strong i'm alex garrett where we're always adapting perfect guys thank you